Well, welcome to each and every one of you who connected in to this marvelous Sunday afternoon. And today, I have a brief presentation I'd like to make that focuses on how to determine the cause or the causes of your symptoms. I also have some questions I'd like to be sure and answer that have been submitted to me in email. There's also a way to submit uh, questions during the live program. Feel free to go ahead and do that. And if we've got time at the end, I'll certainly be happy to read those and give you my spontaneous response to whatever question you might have actually raised. Let me now turn to the focus of what I'd like to discuss today. It actually winds up being the topic of the second week of the Jump Start to Recovery program. We just worked with this material yesterday in the March Jump Start to Recovery class. And as many of you know, the class is limited to 10 individuals. So uh, not everyone, because the enrollment fills up pretty quickly, gets to participate. So I wanted to give you a brief overview of the ideas and the content from what we're talking about in Jumpstart this week for this particular class, for the March class. First, I want to give you an overview of what it means to really know that you have a reliable indication of what is causing your symptoms. So bear with me for just a couple of minutes, if you would. I want to move in to my experience and expertise as a researcher. I actually have many, many, many publications, most of which are very quantitative. What I have learned as a researcher over these past 20 years is the following. The biggest issue in science is something that is known as measurement error. Whenever you're trying to predict or explain something, if you have only one way to measure that influence, what you've also accepted is a very, very large and significant error of measurement. In other words, what you're measuring, you're measuring in a very sloppy way. Now, some measures have higher reliability than others, but all measures have issues. You would be surprised uh, when you actually look at a number of these measures at how low a reliability many of these measures actually have. Now, the solution to this problem, and it's a problem for all science, the solution winds up being to have multiple measures, not just one, but multiple measures that are done from different sources and done in different ways. Then you can have a much more reliable indicator of what it is that you're trying to predict. What are we trying to predict when we're trying to figure out the cause of symptoms associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease? Well, we're trying to basically figure out what is the cause. What's the factor that's the dominant factor that's creating the symptoms in the first place? What does it mean, then, when we translate the wisdom from science into the practical challenge of trying to ascertain what is causing your symptoms? Well, the practical application is the following. 
if you go out and if you believe that once you get a single assessment of what some test or some diagnostic regimen or what some professional says is the cause of your symptoms, you're probably getting an idea of what might be the cause, but chances are if you go to a second source, you may get a very, very different snapshot picture of what's really going on. The point is really quite simple. I suggest that everyone use multiple ways of figuring out what in the world is causing your symptoms, not just a single assessment. More specifically, I believe that if people think they can go to, for example, a medical professional, and that medical professional has some specialty in neurological conditions, they go and this professional discusses with them their issues. Perhaps they uh, do some diagnostic testing, and then they come back and they say, well, this is what is at issue for you. And many of these kind of assessments will be associated with a label, for example, the label of, quote, Parkinson's disease. All right, that's a guess, that's a hunch, that's an opinion of this particular person. Now, of course, they may be exactly right. And, of course, they may be dead wrong, or they may be partially right. I believe that what really makes sense is to take that as information and to say, great, I've got one snapshot assessment of what might be going on in my body. Let me go out and let me get some more. Or let me do this myself. Let me do my own assessments of what is causing my symptoms, and let me see where that takes me. Now, what's the big picture I've also got for you when it comes to determining the causes? I believe that many people have a mistaken idea that when they are experiencing symptoms associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, that there probably must be maybe one or several types of causes. For example, maybe they are deficient in vitamin D3. Maybe they're eating too much sugar, and that's what's causing the problem. I've been researching the conditions that, in essence, affect these symptoms now for a decade. My conclusion is this. There are many, many factors, in most cases, that are causing these symptoms. Now, it is true there are some people that actually confront only one particular issue, but for most people, what I've determined is there are many, many complicated, multifaceted factors that are influencing whatever symptoms you might actually be experiencing. That means that this is not a simplistic journey. If you accept the challenge of figuring out the cause, the question is, is it singular or is it plural? It may be plural. It may be there are multiple factors that are causing what it is that you're actually experiencing. I also believe, and again, speaking as a researcher, that a vast majority of individuals who have a diagnosis, whether you call it Parkinson's disease or MSA or whatever label you want to give to this neurological condition, don't have that particular disease. They have something else. And there's a long list of factors that can contribute to these particular symptoms. 
that we've identified using various lenses, various holistic assessments that give us some interesting ideas of the imbalances that cause these specific neurological conditions. Today, then, I'd like to speak primarily from a physical perspective. The physical is only one of the levels that impact the symptoms. And it's actually, as it turns out, not the most relevant or important. It's important because we're feeling bad and we're having physical challenges. But underneath the physical challenges, there are other dynamics at play that need to be addressed. Dynamics such as toxins that are overwhelming the body's ability to function. They're just simply too many toxins. Too many toxins from a decade or two ago and probably too many toxins from today, from exposure since you got up from sleeping today, believe it or not, if you were breathing air. Second of all, there is trauma. Trauma lies at the foundation of many individuals who experience Parkinson's symptoms. And so if that's a factor for you, and there's a pretty good likelihood that it is, this trauma has to be released and healed for the symptoms to be totally and completely reversed. And finally, there's the most fascinating dynamic of entanglements in family systems. And again, this is a, is a dynamic that has a profound influence on individuals who experience neurological symptoms as well as other chronic diseases as well. That's why in the Jump Start to Recovery program, we focus on the issue of the toxins, we focus on the issue of the trauma, we focus on the issue of family entanglements, because the focus in the Jump Start to Recovery program is healing from the inside out, going at all of those factors that are causing these symptoms, and many of the factors are subconscious. We're not even aware of these dynamics. So the focus in Jumpstart is not to necessarily be focused on, well, how do we actually suppress a symptom? The focus, rather, is to cut to the core and figure out well, what's really at play here for people, and to provide some tools and su support so that people can release and to heal whatever it is that lies at the foundation at what is creating these problems in the first place. Today, however, instead of focusing on these underlying powerful dynamics that are really the factors that are creating the problem, it is also very important to look in a physical sense at what is actually happening. So the focus here is to ask the question, okay, I wonder in a physical sense what is actually causing my symptoms. I can tell you with almost 100% certainty that most individuals, as it turns out, have a different answer to this particular question. There's no single answer that's going to be the same for everyone. So the answer that is true and valid for you is going to be very unique to your history, to your personality, to your predispositions, and to your body, your body's ability to, for example, accept certain allergens and to process certain toxins. Everybody has a different body. So everybody's situation is really very unique. 
Now, the big picture, too, in terms of figuring out the causes is the following. I believe that what happens for many people, and this is certainly an option that is a great one to pursue, initially you go to a medical professional. You tell them something about what your symptoms are. The medical professional is interested in getting a diagnosis. They cannot prescribe medications that suppress the symptoms until they can have some kind of diagnosis. It's really quite an eloquent and wonderful constraint on medical doctors. You can't just walk in and they just make some guesses about prescription medications that you can take that will suppress the symptoms. Rather, they've got to do a little homework to figure out what might actually be a label they can attach to the symptoms that you are experiencing. So that's why when you go, oftentimes the doctor will prescribe certain tests. Now, it really doesn't matter if a person has neurological challenges or perhaps pain or tumors or fatigue. It really doesn't matter what the symptom is. The doctor is going to prescribe very specific tests. In other words, they're looking for something very, very specific in the body. These are not holistic in character. They are very focused in their design so that the medical professional can actually, with some degree of confidence, assign a diagnosis. Remember, medical doctors are always susceptible to suits, to lawsuits, and so they're always literally on the defensive. We've really got to honor their courage to do the work. So they're going to always want to have some evidence that backs up their decisions to prescribe certain medications. And as you all know, medications have side effects. There's dangers to medications as well as to surgeries. So the medical professionals have to be very circumspect, very cautious about the decisions that they actually make. But my point is the following. When they actually order certain diagnostic tests, these tests are very, very focused and specific in nature. They're not holistic. The ways I'm going to suggest today that you might want to begin to consider what are the causes of your symptoms are holistic. Better yet, these particular approaches are many of them approaches that you can do all by yourself no medical professional need to be involved. No doctor's prescription need to be ordered. No diagnostic tests need to be done. In other words, once you realize the idea behind this, you can actually do some of these all by yourself. My, by no means not all of them, but for some of them, you can get some incredible information on your own. So the idea I've got for you is holistic assessments. So what are holistic assessments all about? Well, first of all, they are very inexpensive relative to traditional medical testing. They'll scan the entire body. Now, I'm not talking about a single assessment here. I'm talking about a whole body of approaches that you can consider that will give you important clues about the causes that are present in your specific body. So this is not about saying, well, there's one particular assessment that's going to do the trick for you. Remember the idea. 
the more the approaches, the more the methods that you use to figure out the cause, the more reliable your final result is going to be. If you use assessment number one, you get result A. You do assessment number two, you get result B. You do assessment result three, you get result C. And then the findings of A, B, and C all of a sudden converge. They're all saying the same thing. You know. So with holistic assessments, they'll identify imbalances in your body that, get this, may not have actually manifested in actual symptoms yet. In other words, disease is a process, and so it will actually be energetically present in a body, but not quite as present in the body to create a symptom yet. So with holistic assessments, they can actually tell it's coming down the pike. Why not heal it now when it's easy to heal? The holistic assessments basically are asking the body the following question. Okay, body, what is out of balance? In other words, instead of having a very specific question that needs to be answered, for example, in a specific diagnostic test, what happens is the question is, I believe holistic assessments also are valuable because they provide the foundation for actually figuring out what the root cause of symptoms are. I need to explain that. Typically, there are a number of imbalances that are present in everyone's body, not just the body of individuals who experience neurological challenges. So just say, for example, let's say that the liver has excessive toxins, the colon is clogged up with, again, excessive toxins, and the gallbladder is basically not functioning at any more than 20% capacity. All right, so there are three primary organs that are not functioning. Perhaps the heart is uh, challenged, and also the adrenal, gland, uh, adrenal glands are basically exhausted. So you've got a lot of imbalances, but the question is, well, what is the one present imbalance that really lies at the root cause? In other words, it's triggering everything else. What's really the problem here? So holistic assessments allow you not only to see what all the imbalances are for a very modest cost if you decide to get an actual assessment, or you can do it on your own again without having to pay a cent. And once you see what all the causes are, you can, through being a detective, you can then have a pretty good idea of what the primary issue might be. For example, in the list that I just gave you, it's very possible that actually the primary problem for a person with those imbalances winds up being adrenal fatigue, and they would find enormous healing by simply making sure that their adrenals got healed and were no longer exhausted. Once you get a holistic assessment, you can also get some very brilliant and wise ideas about the treatments that would be most effective for you. The approach of treating symptoms is one that I think is uh, wonderful for many people. I've used this myself many times in my life. When symptoms get so problematic, we really have to have some relief or else we just literally go crazy. But when you treat symptoms, you're going to be treating them for the rest of your life. So what you'd like to be able to do is to figure out what the cause is, treat the cause, and bingo. Over time, as your body heals, which does take time and patience, 
you no longer have to treat the symptoms because the symptoms vanish. So what I'd like to do for you in my brief presentation about how you can go about figuring out causes is to give you some ideas to consider of what you might actually pursue yourself in terms of getting at least another or an alternative view of what might be creating or causing your symptoms. In other words, you probably, if you're calling in to this particular program, you may very well have a pretty good idea of, of what some, someone from some source says is the problem. But now I'm suggesting, okay, why don't you step back and why don't you begin to investigate what the real or the root cause of your symptoms actually are. It's like if you have any interest in detective work, that's really what this is. And it's a lifetime endeavor because we're always having imbalances. So once you get the toolkit, every time you begin to feel a little off or a little out of balance or lousy, if I could use that crass word, you'll have a, a, a tool chest that you can access that will enable you to identify the cause. And the best part about this, I want to repeat once more, is especially for people who have limited resources. You don't have to pay anything to be able to get some of the valuable information uh, from just looking at what information the body is giving to you. And there's another important idea that I need to convey to you. But first, I want to make sure that everybody who's connected in knows who I am. <laughs> this is your host today, Robert Rogers. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery and the person who's responsible for creating the wealth of resources that are available to you through all sorts of websites and internet interfaces. I have actually just redesigned the main website so that all of our resources are more readily accessible. So please, if you're at a computer as you're listening to my presentation, feel free to visit the main website which is www.parkinsonsrecovery.com. And you'll see there uh, the icons that link to all the websites that I actually maintain. I'll oftentimes get a call from an individual that doesn't know much about what we do at Parkinson's Recovery, and the person will say, do you have a website? And I have to laugh because, as you'll see on the main website, we support many, many different websites that provide different services and different information, all of which are free. So be sure to know that parkinsonsrecovery.com is a resource that's available to you always. I also actually this morning finally completed a new page on that website, which is a listing of all of the books that I have published. Now, we've got a lot of support books through Pioneers of Recovery that we've released over the last two or three years, and those were basically interviews with individuals who are true pioneers of recovery, individuals who've actually succeeded in reversing their symptoms. But I've also got a pile of books that are literally single-authored. These are books that I've written myself, and I finally decided I've now done so many, I really ought to have a page that lists all of those books. So I finally, actually, I'm, I'm very proud of myself. I finished that work this morning just before our program today. And you'll see that page as well on parkinsonsrecovery.com. It's listed as Books by Robert Rogers, Ph.D., and it's on uh, the menu item at the very top of the website. So I'm excited 
to announce that that's just actually been organized as a resource for you. And as far as the books are concerned, if you see one that you'd like to get, remember you can always go to the library and request an interlibrary loan from the library. Now, in terms of holistic assessments, the big picture idea that I was about to float to you is the following. The body is always giving us information about the imbalances throughout every organ and every system in the body. So what most people don't realize is that we can see the problems by what's happening in the body. So what I want to do is to explain to you the different places in the body that you can focus on and get invaluable information. Well, the first place is the feet. Many of you may have heard of reflexology. This is a whole discipline. It requires quite a bit of training for people to understand that when they press on a specific point underneath the big toe, it actually, this point connects to some organ system or some meridian in the physical body. People who are trained reflexologists can feel the various points in the feet. They can physically look to see where certain uh, crusty substances might be present or some tenderness might be present. That, but that's information about some organ system in the body that's out of balance. So what can you do? Well, you can simply feel your own feet and ask the question, hmm, I wonder where there's some tenderness here. Where do I have an owie? Well, wherever that owie is, what you do is you go onto the Internet and there are some wonderful charts of feet on the Internet. And they'll tell you where the points are that connect to the various places in the body. So you feel your own feet. And then you look at the chart, you see what that point is connected to in the body, and bingo, that means that there is some imbalance with that particular system or with that particular organ. So that's information that tells you something about what's out of balance in your body. Now, I'm suggesting that you can do this yourself. I think it's a wonderful also idea to get help from a professional. There is a video that's available of an individual, Randy Eady, who's known as the foot whisperer of all labels. Randy is internationally known as a person who provides support to individuals who do currently experience neurological symptoms as well as other chronic conditions. So I think it's a wonderful uh, uh, resource for you to actually look at Randy's video from the summit, but you can also make an appointment with a reflexologist. I can assure you that those appointments don't cost a great deal of money. For most of the cases, they are very inexpensive. And you can just ask the reflexologist, look, as you're working on me, because they typically don't say a lot, but what they're doing is they're releasing the blockages in the meridians that go to these certain places in the body. And you can just say to the reflexologist, uh, I've I decided I'm going to be a detective and figure out the causes of the symptoms I'm currently experiencing. Tell me where you detect some imbalances and have a discussion with the reflexologist. You'll be amazed at what information they'll tell you about what they're finding from literally touching the places and the spots on your feet and on your toes. It's quite miraculous work, I just want to say. Now, the next idea 
that I want to suggest to you, and again, this is a no cost. You can do it yourself. You can take control over your own recovery program. And this is the discipline of iridology, I-R-I-D-O-L-O-G-Y. That's a fancy word for looking at evidence of issues in your eyes. Now, many people don't actually realize, but if you begin to look at the whites of your eyes and also the irises, those little what look like little bloodlines are actually indications of some sort of imbalance in your body. But there's nothing random about where those little lines exist. As it turns out, all of those lines are indications of something that's out of balance in your body. So you can go on to the Internet, and you can type in the word iridology, and you can add a word like charts or imbalances. And after just a little bit of searching, you can find some wonderful websites that give you a picture of the eye and the organs, the specific organs that are connected with the various physical positions of the whites and the irises in the eye. It's really quite incredible. Now, I want to say that it may sound to you like I'm talking about these particular ideas simply as a researcher or as an academic. I've tried these all. I have experience with all of them. I've gotten several iridology assessments. Now, what I did was I went to a certified iridologist, and they took pictures of my eyes, and they actually have those pictures with me. And those pictures are a baseline of where I'm at at the present time. They can look at specifically what they see in these pictures, and they can identify some certain organs in the body that are compromised. And the interesting part of my experience with getting these assessments is the ideas, the issues that emerge from iridology converge with the ideas that emerge when I get a reflexology assessment. Now, I said you could do this yourself, and I really do mean that. So how do you do it? Well, you can literally look in the mirror and, and, and turn your eyes to the right so that you can see the left side of your eye. You can see where some lines might be present there, if there are any. And then you can go look at the chart and to see what organ systems might be affected. You can look down. You can look up. It's also a great idea to be a little more systematic to get a spouse or a family member or a friend to take some pictures of you. And that's, of course, what an iridologist does. So you can uh, basically look to the right, and they'll take a picture of the white and the iris on the left side of your left eye. You look down, and they get a picture of the tops, and look up, and they get a picture of the bottom. In other words, you get four pictures of the left eye, four pictures of the right eye. And then you can get those pictures developed and then and look at them and to see where those lines are located. And then you compare that against, you literally lay those over on top of a eye chart an iridology eye chart, and that gives you information about what's really going on. I suppose I do it a bit the lazy way. I've never actually taken pictures of my eyes. I've gone to a certified iridologist, and they were able to take the pictures and to do the analysis themselves. So you get a lot of additional information when you do that. The iridologist also was able to show me that I had uh, some lines that were actually indications of healing. In other words, they said, well, see what that line looks like. Well, that's not a problem. That means that this problem existed a short while ago, but it's been healed. 
So it's great to do a little uh, additional investigation over what all that means. And again, you can get that on the Internet, so that doesn't really cost anything. Now, the next idea for you, and again, remember, the big picture here is the body is always giving us information about the imbalances. The next incredible indicator of what's going on inside your body are issues with your teeth. The teeth give you incredible information about the teeth that have basically been compromised for one reason or another. So which of the teeth have serious infections or have you gotten some excessive work on? Well, there are charts on the Internet that will tell you what each tooth, what system in the body each tooth leads to. In other words, does a tooth that you have had problems with actually connect to the pancreas? Hmm, that's interesting. That means the pancreas is compromised. Are you a person who loves to eat sugar? Hmm, it very well may be that one of the primary issues is an issue of ingesting too much sugar, which has overloaded your pancreas. If you're overloaded your pancreas, then your body's not been able to get rid of enough sugar. That's going to create some damage to the sensitive neurons um, that are juicy. And boy, if you have too much sugar, they're going to go out of whack to be sure. Now, a method that I have used, and this is one that you cannot do yourself. You're going to have to get a medical professional, but it's one that I've personally used now for the past 10 years. It's basically holistic assessments of imbalances in my body using something that is called bioenergetic testing. And the doctor that I began using in the year 2000 is a naturopath doctor in Georgia by the name of Dr. Ivy Faber. I've never actually met Dr. Faber in person. She does assessments for people at long distance. So I sent in a saliva sample to her in the year 2000. She does an analysis herself. This is not like she doesn't send these out to a lab. It takes a great deal of knowledge and training to do these assessments, and she's very clear that she does these assessments herself. And she figures out, once she knows where the imbalances are, a probable primary cause of the problem, and then she makes recommendations for some therapies that will help heal all of this. I must tell you, too, at the outset that the first assessment that I got was 15 pages long. It had a list of, I could not begin to list all of the bacterial infections and all of the toxins that were inside my body and creating some some physical challenges. In fact, one of the questions that I asked Dr. Faber is, how in the world could I still be alive? Because I could not believe the severity of the, the basically the infections and the toxins that she had identified. Now, I was functional. I So I'm just explaining another assessment. And again, the primary source of information for this holistic assessment is saliva, in other words, the spit. And so to get the assessment, I would spit first thing in the morning, uh, and she gives you a little vial that you can spit into, and then we send it back, priority mail. We have to wait quite a while, uh, and I know there are other practitioners that do the same technology, but for Dr. Faber, she really has a lot of clients, and so you typically have to wait a while for her to do the assessment. 
and then she'll give you a written report so you'll see the organ systems that are compromised and you'll see the kind of recommendations that she makes for usually these are homeopathic remedies but there are also all sorts of detoxing kind of things that she'll recommend as well and she matches those remedies to your particular individual and personal body so she makes sure that whatever she's going to recommend is going to be responsive. Uh, your body is going to be responsive to taking that particular uh, remedy. So the reason I'd, I'd list this is, first of all, obviously saliva is another way that the body tells us what's out of balance. But it's been very helpful to me. Uh, it's not a quick fix. It takes a while for the body to heal from the inside out. Uh, but, boy, it was instrumental, particularly uh, in the first couple of years, for me to be able to uh, really uh, return to full health and wellness. Had a lot of fatigue, some depression. My wife had uh, just died in nine, uh, 1999, and uh, I was really at my wit's end in terms of my energy and my my thirst for life. And so I really had to have something that was going to help jumpstart me, and that really did make a difference physically. So bioenergetic testing is an option that's available. I personally think that the cost of getting these assessments is minimal compared to oftentimes what winds up being the cost of a lot of medical assessments. So it's something I've used and I continue to use. Now, I got my last assessment and I convinced Dr. Faber to actually go on the radio show so you could listen to her discuss bioenergetic testing on a radio show of about three months ago. I also actually wrote a book uh, so that for people who don't like to listen to these shows because they take about an hour, uh, you can actually read a book that gives you a detailed explanation of how all of this technology works. It's called What is Wrong with Me? Question mark. So that's another resource that's available as well. Now, the next possibility for you is something called bioacoustics. Now, this, as it turns out, is a technology that uses the sounds that you emit as you talk. In other words, the acoustic information that's excreted literally by your body. It's quite fascinating to me that they can take a, a profile of a 30-second discussion that you give on any inane topic. You can be talking about your animal your dog, your cat, your horse, you can talk about your back uh, flowers in your backyard or your your pets, uh, your family, doesn't matter. But in 30 seconds, they can take a recording of that, can do a quick analysis, particularly if they know you're having neurological symptoms. And by Jove, uh, that comes back with some pretty quick and dirty ideas of what imbalances might be present in your body. If you go to the radio show page, and you'll have to scroll back a couple of years to see the most recent show, but I've actually interviewed Sherry Edwards now about three times. There have been guests with people who had Parkinson's symptoms, and she works with those guests on the radio show. So you can actually hear what she does when she does these assessments. Uh, and she'll make recommendations like, oh, I can see you're very deficient in, and she'll list a vitamin, and she'll say, I want to suggest that you go to your pharmacy or your health food store and talk with them about acquiring this particular natural supplement. I think you'll feel a whole lot better. So she makes very specific suggestions. Now, the reason I mention this as a possibility is she does what I understand to be happy hour sessions every other week. 
I looked before the program today on her website, and she does have happy hour listed, but it says 2013. I think that's a misdate. I think she meant to say 2015. But literally, you call in to the phone number on these events, especially if you can call in early. You might be able to alert her to the fact that you'd really like to get an assessment. And all that happens is she asks you to talk for 30 seconds, and then she begins to give her assessment of where the imbalances are. Now, how does she know that? It's through your voice. The frequencies in our voice, if they are deficient in any way, are indications of some imbalances in your body. So it's a fascinating technology. I know some people with Parkinson's symptoms have actually been trained bioacoustic practitioners because they found it to be beneficial. But it's a way you can get a diagnostic, and, and if it's still the case, I think you can go on happy hour for free. It doesn't cost anything, and she'll give you some quick and dirty assessments of what's out of balance. That website, for those of you that might be interested in exploring that, is soundhealthinc.com. So the word sound, S-O-U-N-D, the word health, H-E-A-L-T-H, and then the words I as in ivory, N as in November, C as in cat, ain't like incorporated, dot C-O-M. That's her website, and you can connect with her and find out more about what she has to offer. Of course, she has a service, and you can pay for that. But, boy, I think in terms of just diagnostics, do the happy hour thing. You can get some great information at no cost at all. Now, another possibility, and, again, remember the big picture here. The body's always got information for us, all we have to do is to mine the information. Well, the samples of hair can give incredible information about imbalances in the body. They're not the full story, but boy, they can give you some rich insights. And there is a technology that actually does that. They they call themselves nutritional balancing. One of the presenters at the Santa Fe Parkinson's Recovery Summit actually had a whole presentation of what they do with identifying imbalances in the body by doing lab analyses of hair samples, and then they make recommendations on what you need to be eating. So their approach is totally natural. They're not suggesting that you do supplements, but rather you heal in a natural way by writing, by eating the right foods. What foods are right for you? Well, that's what the analysis actually shows, because so different people need to be eating different kinds of foods. It's an interesting approach. Uh, The name of the presenter is Kristen Harper, H-A-R-P-E-R. And again, there's a video from the summit that's available for you to watch, which is quite fascinating. But she has a website that I want to give you the address of, so you can see the information that she has available on her website that gives an idea of what this approach is all about. The website is... Uh, basically, four words all joined together. So it's a long website address, but it's easy to remember. And so the four words, and again, they're all joined together, is Perfect Health Consulting Services.com. So the word perfect, P E R F E C T, the word health, H E A L T H. The word consulting, C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G, and the word services, S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S.com. Now, that's a mouthful, 
But that will give you an idea of that approach. In other words, you cut a little sample of your hair, you send it to her. She does all long-distance kind of analyses, and then she gives you a report on recommendations of how you can heal this uh, by literally eating the right foods. Now, another approach, which is quite fascinating, but this is not one you can do yourself, is uh, through basically what's called biontology. Uh, and the inventor of something called the Shiren, which is a little instrument that does these diagnostics of interruptions and obstructions in the light meridians in the body. It's really quite a fascinating invention, I think, uh, done by a man whose name is Johan Boswinkel from the Netherlands. And he's been working on this his whole life, really, but he's more recently got this little instrument called the Shiren. This is not anything you can buy yourself. I mean, we're talking about an expensive technology, but there are practitioners that are now spread across the U.S. Uh, and Europe. And so it might be that's a particular approach you might want to explore further. His website is biontology.com. So biontology is spelled B-I-O-N-T-O-L-O-G-Y and then dot C-O-M. Now, as if this is not a rich and enough selection of possibilities for you to pursue, and, I, and I'd like to suggest you just think of one that calls out to you and spend a little time over the next couple of weeks pursuing this as a possibility of determining imbalances in your body. The, the, the final possibility for you is especially if you're a person that has used or is familiar with muscle testing. You can muscle test what's out of balance in your body and the factors that are creating the imbalance. Now, if you're not familiar with muscle testing, then you can go to a practitioner. There, Almost all these practitioners muscle test, or certainly they know how to muscle test. We're talking about chiropractors, acupuncturists, all sorts of people out there, mental health counselors, psychologists, a lot of them do muscle testing. So if you're not comfortable doing this yourself, you can just go to a practitioner. And you can go down a list and you can muscle test. You can ask the body the question, hmm, I wonder if this is a factor that's creating my symptoms or a specific symptom. So you can muscle test the question, are my thoughts a factor, yes or no? Stress. How about trauma at birth? How about heavy metal toxins? How about a TMJ misalignment? Pesticides, Agent Orange, perhaps the digestive system is not functioning. Perhaps it's a vitamin D3 deficiency or glutathione deficiency. In other words, you can go down a list and you can muscle test all these possibilities and to see which ones float up to the top. So that's really a quick and easy way to figure out where the imbalances are. Again, if you're familiar and comfortable with muscle testing, do it yourself. And if you're not, then just go to somebody who is and go down that checklist. It's one of the kinds of things that we do in Jumpstart to Recovery is to make sure everybody is familiar and comfortable or with muscle testing or they find a muscle testing technique that is comfortable to them. And then they can go down a list of possible factors that cause the symptoms of Parkinson's disease and figure out which ones really literally float to the top. So my point really is that if you really respect the wisdom of the body, you're going to see a lot of evidence of what's going on when you actually look at the feet 
look at the eyes, listen to the voice. Notice what kind of protrusions uh, happen to be appearing in your body or spots. If you notice that you have quite a few dark spots emerging on your hands or even your feet, I'm pretty sure, and I can suggest that that means that you've got something that the body is dumping at the extremities to protect the vital organs. So those kind of spots can be suggestive that you've got some toxins in there that the body can't get rid of through your kidneys. And so instead of depositing the toxins in the critical organs like your heart and your lungs, what the body does is it'll throw them out at your hands or your feet where it's going to cause less problem. Or even your head, by the way. That's why a lot of people who have neurological symptoms actually just have a lot of toxins in, in their head because their kidneys and their colon could not get rid of the toxins. They were compromised. And so the body said, oh, my God, what do we do with the uh, overload here? Well, let's send them up to the head because we've already sent a lot of stuff to the hands and the feet, so up to the head they go. And that's why the neurological symptoms actually get worse. So look at your hands, look at your feet. I've had people call me up and say, well, I've got all kind of evidence of looks like it's mold between my toes. Um, is you know, is that something I ought to be worried about or is that an issue? And, and my response is, well, yes, yes, that's an indication of an imbalance. That's, and they say, well, what does that have to do with my symptoms of Parkinson's disease? And, of course, my response is, well, everything is, is, is related. And the key challenge for everyone needs to be the following. You need to reduce the overload of challenges on the body. So if there is mold in the body, my God, the body is busy trying to address that problem. There's certainly not trying to heal imbalances in the neurons. The body can continue to function with that. But if there's mold infestation that's getting really out of control, that can create serious problems that are cardiac, cardiac in nature. So the body's going to do the mold before they do the neurological challenge. So I'm just saying, if you've got imbalances, then just realize that the key to healing from the inside out in the body is to really focus on everything that the body is telling you is a problem. And they do that, again, by gross on your feet, your hands. Uh, just look and see what's going on. Tender spots, that's an indication of some kind of an imbalance. Now, I want to read a statement that I received in my email, which is quite wonderful because this is somebody who's on a journey to discover the cause of their symptoms. And I just want to give you an example of what this journey might actually look like because obviously there are all sorts of possibilities for you to pursue. So this person writes, and again, this is such a, a fascinating and, and eloquent summary of uh, where the journey might lead you. I have a genetic abnormality that keeps me from detoxing properly, which my nutritionist says is, quote, highly treatable, end quote. So I'm taking lots of supplements, including a compound formula made for me. Now, how much better does it get than that? They continue, I also suspect insecticide, including DDT, we rode our bicycles behind the mosquito truck in the summer in the 50s and early 60s in Louisiana. Whoa, well, there it is. Obviously, that is an issue as well. And then finally, I also have shoulder and knee issues 
which, and get this an insight, correspond to the gut, which is right. So soon we'll be drinking bone broth. <laughs> yum, obviously, no, it's not yum, but that's what they're going to be doing as their treatment. So it's quite amazing when you really begin to realize what some of these imbalances are, what kind of insights you can actually derive. I've got another fascinating uh, email that I, I want to read, and it goes like this. Hello, Robert. I have a question for your Sunday Connections concerning the thought-provoking book, quote, The Brain's Way of Healing by Norman Dodge. Now, that's N-O-R-M-A-N. Norman, like you it would expect you would spell it. His last name is spelled D-O-I-D-G-E. So for those of you that like to do a search at your library and order his book, I'd highly recommend it. Now, she's saying, uh, I'm not asking you to read this, but uh, can you comment on the fascinating chapter and, and get the title of this chapter? This is wonderful. A man walks off his Parkinsonian symptoms. <laughs> Isn't that great? And this describes a South African gentleman using minute conscious control of the walking process, coupled with a vigorous pace and periods of rest to keep his symptoms at bay with astonishing success. Now, what an incredible story. And so what's my reaction to that? Yes. And what's really happening here is this individual is becoming mindful of each and every movement that he takes when he walks. And becoming more mindful, he's actually creating and generating new neural wet networks. And that's how you heal all of this. The body's brain is incredible. Talking about plasticity, some people worry, oh, my brain's not working very well. I guess that's it. Forget it, people. The brain is the most malleable organ imaginable. The brain can heal. Why is it that people with mobility challenges are so challenged, and one of the reasons is because they are accessing the same neural networks, the tried and true, the habitual networks that are not working when they try to walk. So they need to create and to forge and to construct new pathways that will allow them to essentially walk effortlessly. So the key is to realize that if there are mobility challenges, all right, those neural pathways are obstructed for one reason or another. Just think of it as when a person is walking and they freeze, okay, hmm, they've just accessed a neural pathway. It may be that there's a huge heavy metal deposit of toxins in that neural pathway. It may be there's some mercury there. I'm sorry, but it's not going to work. Okay, how do you make it possible to stop the freezing? Well, you just recognize, okay, that particular pathway is blocked. I'll work on detoxing the mercury, which is going to certainly help. But how about for right now, I want to be able to walk effortlessly now. How about what I'll do is create a new neural pathway? That means you have to use a different attention mechanism as you walk, which is exactly what's described here. And the word that I want to give to you is mindfulness. Now, I can tell you that I know this idea falls short for many people. But the research shows it's 
probably the most useful change you can make in your habits, your daily habits of walking and talking and living. Mindfulness, the research shows, really has incredibly large impacts on reducing symptoms associated with, get this, the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. So I've got these little tiny books that I've uh, published and that are all listed there on my new website page, Parkinson's Recovery Books by Robert Rogers. They're all mindfulness books, and there are challenges uh, to people of how they can refocus their habits of thinking and noticing throughout the day. There's also a whole uh, mindfulness program that I created where you get emails every week. So I really think this particular idea is a powerful idea, and most people don't realize how helpful changing these habits can be. Now, even more interesting was the first chapter, and this is Norman Dodge's book, on using visualization to reduce the brain's mental map of a painful part of the body, therefore reducing the pain. So in other words, they're just shifting the attention in the brain to another part of the brain, which is another, it's the same idea, but it's just a different approach of how you can actually reduce the pain. What I would say about pain in terms of my own research is the following. My research has revealed that there can be temporary pain from obviously accidents or injuries, but if there is chronic pain, then there is an emotional component that lies underneath that pain, an emotional component. So given that that's the case, the solution turns out being a solution that many people don't want to pursue. But the solution is to say, wherever the pain is, drop underneath the pain. There is an emotion, there's a feeling there that a lot of people want to avoid because it's, it's hurtful and painful. But once you identify the feeling, and there may be a memory associated with that as well or an experience, what you'll want to do is set the intention to release that feeling. You don't want to hold on to it because if you continue to hold on to that experience or that feeling, the pain will persist ad infinitum, in other words, forever. So what you want to do is if, if pain is chronic, then uh, literally to say, all right, there's an emotional component to this. I'm running away from this emotional component. And the reason I know I'm running away from it is the pain is in my face all the time. That's all I can do is think about the physical pain. It's driving me crazy. All right, go to the next step. If you want to release the pain, again, the words I want to use are you drop just underneath the pain. You access that, and then you release it. You only have to access it for sometimes a minute or maybe a minute and a half, and then it releases, and then you'll be surprised. There are many many stories that I've read about, and I've actually had personal experience with this when I was working as a healer, where once a person does did that, they might have experienced pain for years and years. It lifts, and it's no longer there. Like, it's gone. It's so wonderful. Now, that's my experience with pain, is there's an emotional component, and it's important to identify and honor that as an issue. I have a set of questions here that were submitted before the program actually started that I want to read and just comment on, and then I'll check to see, for those of you that might have sent in a question or a comment on our, our actual question uh, field, 
and I'll respond to those as well. This particular uh, question comes from John. The question is the following. What area of the body, or in specifically organs, could cause tremors of the limbs and hands and freezing and a shuffling gait? So one of the better indicators for me is to ask yourself, John, well, what emerged in the very beginning stages of your symptoms? What was present initially? Because that can be an even more important clue about the origin of the problem. This question allows me to introduce the idea of following meridians to identify the cause of your symptoms. So if you know that your symptoms originated in your pointing finger in your right hand, if you access meridian charts, what you're going to discover is, hmm, there's actually a meridian that goes from that pointing figure up to the trunk of the body. And that can give you an indication of the organ that initially was primarily compromised. There may be a lot of other imbalances now, but in the early stages, that tells you where it initially was. Now, what you've given me is it sounds like the current particular symptoms that you are experiencing. So what is typically the compromised organ when you've got freezing and a shuffling gait? Well, the primary organ that I would be suspicious of as a diagnostic detective and speaking as a researcher is the gallbladder. Freezing is oftentimes uh, an issue with uh, gallbladder. It may be the liver is also uh, seriously compromised, which, which creates some of the lack of energy needed to actually walk briskly. You're also indicating that you've got tremors in both the limbs and the hands. In other words, it appears as though it's all over the place. My guess would be that instead of having a, a single meridian source, this sounds like it's an issue of trauma. And the key would be uh, to invite you to sink down and first of all recognize that I'm guessing here obviously there's been quite a bit of trauma in your life. If you served in wartime, then that's a guarantee. And so what you'll want to do is just to recognize that that has had a profound impact on the physical health of your body and set the intention to release that trauma. This is why we focus an entire week on introducing all kind of support materials that help people get what they need in order to be able to release the trauma. So a lot of people think, well, if I had trauma, whether it's physical or emotional or created by external circumstances like war time, they believe that, well, I've experienced that. It's in the past. There's nothing I can do. That's not true. What you'll want to do is to realize it's affecting you today. And so what you'll want to do is find, there are many therapies that will help with this, find the therapies that you're called to pursue that will allow you to release the trauma. Once the trauma is released, this uh, tremoring probably will be addressed uh, or certainly reduced. Uh, there may be other imbalances, of course, as well. Here's a question from Steve. The question goes, are you familiar with atypical Parkinson's and Parkinson's related to Lyme disease? Uh, so it looks like that's just a question uh, to assess my knowledge of uh, Parkinson's. Atypical Parkinson's is just a term that is given when 
a medical profession really can't figure out exactly what's going on. So it's one of those uh, labels that's placed into what we would think of to be a garbage can. We really, really don't know what that is. Uh, and then you also ask Parkinson's related to Lyme disease. Well, I certainly don't think of Parkinson's related to Lyme disease. Lyme disease is a condition. It's an infection in the body. Many people actually have Lyme disease. There are estimates that 30%, get that, of people who have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease actually don't have Parkinson's. They have Lyme disease. And so the healing winds up recognizing that and then pursuing some healing strategies that allow you to literally heal the Lyme disease. So I don't think of Parkinson's related to Lyme disease. I think of them as very separate kinds of issues. Lyme is a very specific infection. It's very, the actual infection is very clever. They're very crafty. They hide. It's very hard to heal. There are many variants of Lyme disease I'd say as many as 200 across the United States, and that's just this country. Uh, in Canada and in Europe, there are all sorts of other variants of Lyme. But not only that, let's say that you all happen to be in Connecticut and you get the version of Lyme in Connecticut. You're exposed to that, and that's the infection that you started with. Your body is going to mutate that. So the actual version of Lyme that you have really is not similar to any other Lyme disease. It's the one that your body mutated. And so you're actually healing a particular version of this bacterial infection that's unique to you, not just people who are in Connecticut. So Lyme is an interesting kind of an infection. Uh, there are some indications in the research literature that Lyme disease, Lyme infections, have a precursor of trauma and specifically emotional trauma caused by abuse. So there are some researchers who are indicating that it's not just the infection, it's held in place by the trauma associated with uh, abuse. So that's my spin for you, Steve, on atypical Parkinson's. Again, I believe medical doctors must legally put some kind of a label to a diagnosis. Otherwise, they can't start you on the prescription medications that suppress the symptoms. That's their specialty. That's what they do. So they've got to start somewhere, and that's apparently where this person started. Sounding like you're dealing with a very ethical and honest and transparent practitioner who has a lot of knowledge about what's involved and realizes that there are a lot of conditions that can create these neurological challenges. Now, the next question comes from June, and June says the following. We're looking for ideas to keep the brain thinking straight. Now, what a great question to ask. The only medication is cinnamon, but lots of supplements and coconut oil. So sentiments are uh, not something that directly is going to keep the brain thinking straight. If there's brain fog, what you'll want to do is initially always look at the health and the viability of the digestive system. You can have enormous shifts in the improvement of brain function by improving the integrity and health of the digestive system. If the digestive system is compromised, then you're going to have brain fog. Brain fog can move in and out depending on the health of that digestive system. So it's possible that the reason the digestive system is not functioning as it should is 
for just an example, it may be that there is a residue of an appendicitis infection that wound up leaking into the digestive system. Appendicitis is much more common than most people realize, even if the appendicitis has been removed. And if it leaked into the digestive system, those appendicitis bacteria have killed all of the good bacteria that are supposed to be in the digestive system to help you digest food. So it may be that if you try to do probiotics and improve the digestive system with the good uh, bacteria, that those are just going to be killed off by the appendicitis. So it may be a smart move to get an assessment from uh, perhaps a, uh, a naturopath or a healthcare practitioner who's an expert in knowing how to maintain good nutritional health, uh, find out what the imbalances are, and get the digestive system back online. Uh, I wouldn't direct the problem to the brain itself. That's not where the problem lies. The problem lies in the digestive system. Another possibility uh, for you is, uh, which is always going to uh, help the health of the brain, is to juice. So you go to a health food store or a store that has all organic vegetables and, and pile into your basket uh, these veggies and even some fruits that have all different colors and that you're called to put into your basket and then get a, uh, an efficient juicer. We have a Vitamix here that I was hesitant to purchase because it costs so much, but it's been a godsend. Uh, we used it today to make a smoothie so that I could get my brain functioning and be lucid for those of you who are listening. In fact, I, I told Deborah, I, I'm going to need to put a little fuel into my brain in order to think more clearly because I had a little brain fog myself a little bit earlier in the day. So, so we juiced. And, and that picked me right up in a matter of a few minutes. So make juicing a habit. Every day, fresh vegetables and fruits, stick them in. You can do different colors, different kinds of things. It sounds like uh, not very systematic, and I have to confess I'm not. I feel like kind of like figuring out the cause of your symptoms. Gee, just, hey, begin to use different approaches, different methods. Don't count on just one. Become a good detective. Consider this a lifetime challenge. I don't mean you spend a lot of time on it, but it's just something that you adopt as a healthy practice. Always a detective to try to figure out, okay, hmm, I wonder what's really creating this brain fog that I'm having. And, of course, what you can do is to make yourself your own research subject. And what you do is you say, all right, I wonder if juicing will really improve the brain fog. You can, you can do little test assessments on the Internet. There are a lot of them. You know, how healthy is your brain? And you can do them. They're all free. And you can get a little number. Well, my brain is 65% healthy today. Okay, then juice. And the next day or that evening, take the test again. And maybe the score is 80% or 85%. And then do it again. Then do it again. Do it again. And then stop juicing for three or four days and take that little assessment again and see if it drops. Well, bingo, what you know is you're not giving your body enough live food in order for it to function that well. So you can do these little experiments, and you can actually see what what makes a huge difference in terms of brain thinking. The one idea I want to float to everyone is that a lot of people believe that as people age, their ability to think clearly is going to deteriorate. It's not true, folks. It's not true. So if you begin to have brain fog, 
again, realize, okay, what's causing this? It's not a natural process. What's creating the brain fog? And, you know, go into your dictionary of knowledge and do some assessments, and I think you'll find you'll be able to remedy the problem. And for brain fog, if there are not any structural issues, that's actually something that's a little easier to remedy than other kind of challenges. There are also, I want to say, lots of supplements. They're brain food supplements that are great, uh, that are also helpful to use. Uh, boy, you could really notice a difference in terms of the clarity of your thinking if you use them. But I want to say again that I think it's a smarter move instead of always treating the symptoms to ask, well, what's causing this? If I'm right and if it really winds up being a digestive issue, then healing the digestive issue means that you don't have to continue spending hundreds if not thousands of dollars on figuring out supplements you can take to help yourself think more clearly. So that's my spin for you on the thinking sorts of issues. As a reminder, I'm going to check here. I know we've got probably some questions and answers that have come in that I need to address as well, which I'm happy to do. I want to make sure that everyone knows that although the uh, March Jumpstart to Recovery program is full and we're doing that now, I do have one more program that I'm offering in June. It begins in uh, the uh, month of June. And it's in the afternoon for people in Australia and that part of the world who have been able to, uh, to connect into any of my Jumpstart to Recovery programs. Enrollment is limited to 10 persons, uh, and we're beginning to fill up. So if you're interested in participating, I know this feels like it's very early to get on board, but let me encourage you to sign up if you're interested in moving in to ask the question, how can I heal my Parkinson's symptoms from the inside out? So Jumpstart to Recovery is not about identifying ways to suppress symptoms. It's about identifying the root cause of what's really driving your symptoms and then providing you with the tools and the therapies that are needed to be able to heal those sorts of challenges. So again, uh, uh, check in with Jumpstart to Recovery website. There's a link on this particular teleseminar page. And if you go to parkinsonsrecovery.com, you'll also see links to the Jumpstart to Recovery program. We have a lot of uh, supplemental materials that are, you will also access for the entire year. You get access to the membership website uh, for the entire year. Uh, that's, that's free. That's a bonus. You get all the mindfulness challenges for an entire year. And best of all, you get access to all the videos from the Parkinson's Recovery Summit. So I'm basically uh, creating a cadre of support services and resources for those of you that are really committed to following down a path of uh, healing your symptoms from the inside out. So basically, once you get into the Jumpstart Recovery Program, it does last five weeks with live connections with me, and we talk with each other throughout uh, with each session. But the fact is that it's actually a year-long process of investigating, exploring, and then trying one kind of approach or another so that you literally can heal this from the inside out. I do see now on the list of questions that we have a question uh, from Diane, and it says the following. My biggest problem so far is that it is difficult to write. My letters get small and messy. What can I do to help? 
Well, chances are, if I had to guess, Diane, that a precursor organ that's compromised is your gallbladder. If you're uh, literally finding that there's uh, some constrictions in the muscles in your hand, but that's just a guess. It could be that there are a lot of uh, residue of toxins in your hand. Uh, I think what you're asking here is, for a treatment of the symptom. In other words, what you'd like to do is suppress the symptom so that you can write clearly. I'd just suggest that you might want to think about this differently and to ask the question, I wonder what's really causing this particular problem, and to go back to the kind of suggestions that I gave earlier here in the session and to perhaps choose one that you can explore that will give you some ideas of the imbalance that's creating this problem for you in the first place. Now, what are alternatives uh, that you might want to consider, especially uh, if this is connected uh, primarily to work that you do? You need to be able to write now. It may take a little time for you to figure the cause and heal the cause. There are uh, some wonderful software technologies that you can speak and the technology will actually write up what you say. So we're pretty advanced in terms of this now and you might want to explore some of those. What happens is that you have to train the technology to your voice first. So the technology will give you something to read. You read it, you save that, and then so the technology can recognize when you say certain words with whatever accent or tone of voice that you have. Those technologies are getting more and more sophisticated and they cost less and less. So you might want to explore some of them, see some reviews of some of them, see if that's maybe something that you might want to uh, explore. Uh, you also might want to think for yourself about your thoughts as you write. So as you write, are you coming up against the challenge and getting angry and upset? Or are you going in the moment? Are you mindful for each and every moment that it takes to, for example, configure the letter D or the letter I or the letter A or the letter N or the letter E? In other words, what are your emotions when this actually happens? Well, the emotions are clues to some emotional underpinnings of what might be really hanging up your ability to write. What is it that you haven't expressed that you need to express? What are you holding back? So it may be that there uh, is a trauma there, an emotional component that simply needs to clear. There's probably also some compromised organs that need to be healed as well. So you might want to just pause, and instead of right now focusing just on that as an issue, focus on the process of writing and what feelings come up when you do write. And in addition... What you might want to do is explore some of these various ways to figure out the cause. Again, look at your eyes, feel your feet, uh, look at your teeth and figure out which ones have been problematic and see what organs that leads to and see if a lot of them actually wind up leading to the gallbladder. It may be that there's a level of excitation uh, that's present that's creating some challenges throughout your body, but they're evident in that particular hand. And of course, for the hand that's problematic, you can also trace the meridian and see where the meridian goes, and that gives you some clues about what the cause is. So my suggestion to you, uh, Diane, is, well, take a little pause here, and if you've got a little time to heal this, then ask the question, what in the world is causing this particular problem? 
Now, I know I've given you a mouthful of possibilities, and many of you may need some extra support. So I thought what I would do, since I've got a little time available next week since I'm between projects, I thought I would open up the consultations for people who need a little extra support. So uh, for those of you listening to the program today, uh, you can, by the end, if you sign up by the end of the day, you can actually get a 50% uh, coupon uh, reduction in the regular cost of a consultation, which is an hour. Uh, what you have to do is to enter the following coupon code on the page where you sign up for a consultation. And that coupon code is, you guessed it, CAUSES. <laughs> so it's C-A-U-S-E-S. And then the actual page where we list the consultations is parkinsonsrecovery.us. So the word www dot the word Parkinson's, P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N-S, combined together with the word recovery, R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y dot U-S. And you'll see there, there's a little place to sign up for a $200 consultation. And then when you get to the shopping cart, just enter the coupon code uh, that's only valid for today, which is uh, March the 15th. And uh, when you enter that code, then they'll give you that automatic uh, 50% off for just $100. Um, and so it, I thought, boy, if I'm going to put out all this information, people may get frustrated because they need to have a little additional support or information or guidance in terms of what direction to go. So I'm really happy to provide that to those of you who would like to get that. So sign up for a consultation if you feel like you need a little extra help. But let me also reaffirm that, as I've expressed over and over again, Many of these methods do not require that you get any outside assistance at all. Support can be extremely helpful, and so I'm there if you feel like that would be something that would be useful to you personally. So I'm delighted for those of you who are listening today to offer that if you'd like for me to do that. <laughs> so parkinsonsrecovery.us is the website with the consultations. If you get lost on figuring out how to get there, Remember, the main website is the resource for all of the websites that I maintain. So you'll be, well, I, I should say, I should be honest here, I was impressed when I actually, the last several weeks, I actually documented and organized all the websites that I maintain through Parkinson's Recovery. I thought, wow, this is really incredible. You can spend some time just on that main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com, clicking on the various images or the pictures. And I think you'll be quite amazed at all the information that's available on the, on the many different websites. So there's a ton of resources that are available to you. Please take advantage of them. Uh, I'd like to see more and more people who realize that it's possible to find ways to reverse the symptoms that are associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. So in summary, my encouragement to you is not to take any single assessment of what's wrong as being the cure-all and end-all of what's up with you. There is an error associated with any assessment, any assessment. And, I, and remember, I'm not saying that people who do diagnoses, if they happen to be medical doctors, are doing a bad job. They are doing a good job. They're doing the best job that they can do. It's not a question of competence. They are competent. It's a question that these kinds of assessments, as is the case in all science, have significant error. 
So for those of you that might not have been on earlier in the program, I really want to make sure that I emphasize to all of you that initially I was a quantitative researcher. I know the problems of the measurement error. I know that when you do an assessment of anything, the reliability can oftentimes be staggeringly low. And I think that's the case here when you hear any kind of assessment of what's wrong with you. So you may be told uh, that you have kidney disease. Okay, fine. That may be true, but that might be only one snapshot view of the total picture. The real problem for you may not be kidney disease. It may be, as I alluded to earlier, adrenal fatigue. You are on overdrive all the time. You are exhausting your adrenals, so your cardiac system is compromised. Do you see everything is related to everything else? So let me encourage you to step back and realize there are probably a number of imbalances. For everybody, that's always the case. But what's the primary driving issue for you? There's a physical issue that needs to be healed. Underneath that physical issue, there probably lies an issue with a thought that is not in your best and highest good. And that thought could very well be, well, as everybody knows, Parkinson's is degenerative. I'm just going to be getting worse and worse. Hello? You're doing yourself in. You're sabotaging yourself. It's not true. It's never been true. So maybe there's some thoughts there. Maybe there's some entanglements in family systems. Maybe you're taking on a chronic illness from another family member unconsciously. You didn't even know you were doing it. It may be that you served in wartime. And when you came back, you thought, well, I'm okay, that's over. I'm going to get on with my life. But you didn't stop to release the trauma. That's essential if you really want to reclaim your life because I can guarantee you if you were serving during any war, you have been traumatized. You need to get the trauma that has a strong residue at the cellular level in your body. You need to get rid of it. You need to let it go. If you're carrying that trauma, you will not be successful in completely reversing these neurological challenges. It's essential. So there are certain factors that are at the foundation of this. And, of course, what you'll also experience is if you are always anxious, if you are always fearful, if you are always trying to accomplish something or caretaking other people and never taking care of yourself, then there's not a balance in your life. Without that balance, there's no opportunity for your body to manufacture dopamine. It's just manufacturing adrenaline. So it's not a question of a dopamine deficiency. Rather, it's a question of balance. So you're out there, you're doing things, you're being successful, you're making the world go around like it needs to go around, but you're not actually relaxing. You're not letting go. You're not hanging loose. So there's no balance there in the body. So that's really the key. And, of course, why isn't there any of this hanging loose in your life? Well, it's probably because you're forging ahead, and the more active you are, the busier you are, the less you have to be able to recognize some of those dark and uh, musty feelings that are have been so horrible for you in the past, which may be caused by, for example, again, the trauma of war. So release it. Release it now. Set that intention. There are lots of methods and therapies that can be accessed to help you release it. And, again, that's the focus of my Jumpstart to Recovery program is to give people lots of ideas and possibilities of what they can do to release 
the trauma when they know that trauma is an issue for them. And, of course, for the entanglements and family systems, one of the big problems is it's unconscious, and so we don't even know that that's an issue. And so we also have a session where we work on releasing entanglements and family systems that are creating such an obstacle that recovery becomes literally impossible. So you need to, you need to heal and release those entanglements so that they no longer hold you back from fully and completely recovering from whatever symptoms you currently experience. So I just want to say it's been a pleasure and an honor to connect here with each of you today on this uh, Sunday afternoon and Sunday Connections. And again, I'm delighted to do consultations uh, if you'd like to sign up, but you're going to have to do that now or by the end of the day because I can only do so many consultations for people, so I really have to limit that. And again, I invite you to consider enrolling in Jumpstart to Recovery. These programs tend to fill up uh, pretty quickly. And so chances are if you're really called to do that, it would be a good uh, idea to go ahead and commit since that program will probably fill up. I do know I'll be doing the program in June. I don't know about after that. Uh, we're creating all of these materials up on the Udemy training website, and so chances are they're going to be accessible to you, but we're not going to be having these live interactions. But I haven't quite decided that for sure. And again, I invite each of you to visit the main website because that's what I'm most proud of today. I've spent the last six weeks in, in redesigning that so that it's it's more accessible, it's clearer, it's simple, and of course, as I'm sure many of you realize, we don't have advertisements. We're not, we're not trying to uh, lead you to buy a bunch of stuff. Uh, it's all the resources that we have to offer here through Parkinson's Recovery. It's been a delight and an honor uh, to host Sunday Connections today and to be the founder of Parkinson's Recovery and to provide the support and resources for all of those of you who are dedicated and committed to finding ways to reverse the symptoms associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you have committed your time today to listen to this program that you indeed are on the road to recovery. May you have a magnificent week. Good day.